Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Welcome to the 4th Down Experience Podcast, episode 15, lucky number 15. Chris, how are you doing, my friend? Brian, I am doing well. Up here in Minnesota, we have warmer weather, so the snow is melting, and whenever the snow melts, it's a good day in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, we just came from warm weather. We just had a kicking camp uh, for high school and JUCO specialists down in Orlando, and uh, they did a really good job. I really enjoyed that camp with Mark Lewis and Coach Feely and, and you as well. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, you know, obviously for us, at least for me, I like going to the different states and, and, and seeing what kind of talent's out there. And and obviously, you know, we're, we're coaches to make a difference in kids' lives, and, and it's fun to help see these kids get better. So uh, we appreciate all you specialists that did attend our camp in Orlando. So, well, let's uh, let's get going with the podcast here. Uh, the, the biggest news here over the last week, I think everybody's seen it. Um, kickers are getting signed, you know, which is really good. Uh, some of them are getting a contract extensions. Some some of them are getting franchise tagged. So obviously, since we cover special teams, let's just talk about the two big signees and um, and and uh, just just dis, uh, discuss. So obviously, the right. the two biggest ones that just came out first was Ryan Suckup. Of the of the Titans, signed a five-year, twenty million dollar contract with seven point two five of it guaranteed. That's incredible. That's a that's a Gosh. pretty big contract. Can you imagine kicking field goals, earning twenty million dollars? That'd be sweet. Yeah, I saw that his holder slash punter Brett Kern sent a tweet out and did a little hashtag for the brand. I think uh, Pat McAfee retweeted it. That's how I was able to see it. Um, which is pretty cool to get news these days, you know, on social media. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Ryan Suckup. He's always been uh, a very strong, reliable kicker. Um, so really excited for him. I'm, I'm sure him and his family are excited as well. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. Uh, the other kicker, the arguably or arguable goat of the league, Adam Vinatieri, signed a one-year extension for $3.625 million. Uh, it's great. And obviously for him and his age that he can continue on with the same team. And, you know, most notably, he's uh, about 58 points away from breaking the all-time scoring record for, for all athletes. Obviously specialists, but uh, but that's that's a phenomenal opportunity for him to probably finish out the career as the all-time leading scorer. No doubt. Um, I got to meet with him at the Super Bowl two years, uh, well, I guess a, a little over a year ago down in Houston, and I did ask him the question when I, I was hanging out with him for about 30 minutes, and he said exactly what he's told everyone, you know, he wanted to f- do two more seasons, that being included the one he just completed, and it makes a lot of sense, uh, because, you know, he wants to go for those records and and finish out on top, so I'm excited for him, I think he uh, deserves it, and I, I really like that the Colts gave him a pretty respectful deal, um, presumably his, his last year in the NFL, we still don't know that. You know, because he, he did mention to me that he plans on kicking, you know, until 
until he can't kick 50 yarders anymore. You know, he still plans on kicking, right? So yeah, it'll be fun to watch. You know, I think obviously in the sports world, there's going to be the countdown to the record. You know, like you see in baseball and things like that in football. But uh, you know, 58 points. You know, that's about week eight, week nine, assuming he gets about six points a game or seven points a game. So it'll be fun to just follow it. And I'm sure everybody in our community of specialists will probably be watching that game and, and see him do it. So that'll be that'll be fun. For sure, no doubt. And uh, before we get into our podcast today, uh, we have a couple more camps coming up for high school and JUCO specialists. Um, we have a couple in Mississippi and Alabama uh, for the National Kicking Rankings site. Um, we also have uh, one in Tampa and and coming up here in Minneapolis in May. And, and then we also have some four-day camps in the summer in Minnesota and in North Florida. So um, just check out nationalkickingrankings.com, and you can see the camp listings. Uh, you can also check out specialteamsfootballacademy.com. That's Coach Hughesby's site uh, for training and camps in the Midwest and the North. And then uh, teamjacksonkicking.com in the Southeast is where I train kids. So uh, we'd love for you guys to link up and, and get better this offseason. Yep, exactly, and and like always, guys, we can we appreciate your support. Um, you know, it, it's been fun for some of the specialists to reach out and ask us questions, and and obviously ask us about where we train and, and camps that they can attend. So we appreciate you guys belief in us and uh, and attending the camps if you are able to make it. And again, thank you guys for the support. Um, we reached over two thousand listens just in this last week. Um, everybody seemed to like the Matt Overton. Uh, podcast interview and so we appreciate all you guys that listened so thank you nice well, i'm excited about this next interview uh, i think he'll be getting on the line here soon all right we have thomas hennessy here on the line thomas how are you doing i'm doing well how are you guys hey we're doing great thomas thank you for joining us on the fourth down experience how's your day been going no so pro- far it's been going well i uh, had some training this morning um and thanks for having me on. Well, great. Yep. For those of you that don't know, this is Tom Tennessee. He's on the New York Jets. He's a long snapper for the squad. And we're excited about him being on the podcast here, episode 15. Well, great. So, Thomas, let's, uh, let's lead right into the interview here. What we typically yeah. like to do is just talk about your current situation and kind of work backwards. Um, okay. We got a great following of younger uh, high school and college specialists, so uh, so they love kind of the feedback that, that we're able to get uh, yeah. from from guys like you. So um, so we'll get going. So uh, okay. So first things first, how is your off season going? What have you been doing to just kind of recoup from the season? This is your first year, right, in the league? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's my first year. Uh, just finished rookie season and coming off like the whole draft and evaluation process with pro day and private workouts and. Then obviously uh, a full season, um, but yeah, the off season's been going well so far. I took January to just kind of re- recoup and recharge, like you said, uh, just mentally. It um, took some time off to not really even touch a football. Uh, went on vacation. Uh, I went to Thailand for two weeks, which was a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, yeah, and then have just just really hung out. And then in the past couple weeks, I'm getting back into it, and kind of just restarting, uh, trying to earn a job again. That's great, man. So, kind of give us a quick synopsis. You know, Brian and I were former free agents at one point. You know, Brian had a chance. He, he spent some time with the Bears in preseason. You know, I yeah. did the free agent tryout route, and I never quite made it to the private workouts and the t- getting on a team. What 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 was your experience like? I mean, did it 
was it all fast and was it moving quick? And then there was a point where it kind of slowed down for you. What was describe your first year? Yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of like the draft or not really a draft process, but the signing process for me, um, like you, there are lulls and then there are parts where it picks up and moves fast. So, so just right after you know my I finished my senior season, I started training, um, just working on. I snapped at twelve yards in college, so working on snapping at fifteen yards in the pros. Although we did snap it. 15 or 14 at Duke also um, and then also just get stronger and faster but in February I went out to the Gary's Honor College Senior Combine um, in March I had my pro day and then the beginning of April I had some local pro days with the Giants and Jets and then some private workouts so that whole March and April period moved really quickly uh, and then into the draft uh, obviously for a specialist or an undrafted guy it's a lot of just waiting and then you kind of hear what happens at the end um and that's how it went. Yeah. Nice. So, nice. so, so kind of. Oh, um, all right. So I'm going to ask a question here, Chris. Yeah. Um, so when uh, you were with the Jets, did, did you come in uh, preseason and have to compete with a handful of guys and, and you were the man? Or I think this is your rookie season this past year, right? Yeah, this was my rookie season. But I, I signed with the Indianapolis Colts after the draft. Um, and I went to I went to Colts minicamp. There was another rookie there competing, um, and then they kept me. And then I stayed there kind of through the off season or through the end of OTAs. And then there was an off period and then into training camp. I was with the Colts and then played in the preseason. Played the first three preseason games with the Colts. Um, well, I have yeah. a question about that with the preseason games with the Colts. Like so, with kicking, uh, what we we'll often see is uh, you know kicker A. We'll get the first half, kicker B, we'll get the second half in the preseason games, or maybe they alternate quarters, or maybe they just, one guy gets one guy, game, one guy gets the next game. Next game. How's it work yeah. with, with the long snappers? Do you get, like, X amount of snaps, or what? Yeah, sure, that's a good question. So, for the first game, I got most of the snaps, and then we have a linebacker who's learning how to snap, and he, he's really, really good, a very good athlete, and he's a really good snapper as well. Then he took a few snaps. The second preseason game, I got the whole game. And then the third preseason game, um, I didn't I didn't play that game at all. I was supposed to get reps in the second half, uh, but the other snapper played the whole game. So I didn't really know what was what was going to happen after that. You know, that definitely uh, creates some uncertainty. And then the next week, I got traded to the Jets. Gotcha. Okay. You know, looking at yeah, go ahead. looking back, I remember seeing on social media that you were traded. Um, and obviously, I think it kind of catches everybody off guard. It's a long snapper that's got traded. What uh, yeah. What was it like to find out you were traded? And then did you kind of feel get any like weird feedback because you were a snapper getting traded? What was that kind of whole period of time like? Yeah, I mean that's a whirlwind. You don't really expect it. Um, but like I said, after the third preseason game, I didn't play. That next week, uh, I went in on Monday after the game and was just you know hoping to have a really good week. Went to special teams meeting like normal, and then after that, uh, got called into the GM's office. Uh, like a lot of guys know, that usually means you're, you're, you're probably being released or something. Um, so that's what I thought was happening. And then I got in, and you know, he told me that I was traded to the Jets, and I was pretty shocked. I didn't really even know what to think. Um, and then kind of cleaned out my locker, and then was on a plane in New Jersey like three hours later. Uh, so that was pretty crazy. Obviously, my family was shocked. I was shocked. But then it was a quick turnaround just to get, like, 
basically have one practice and then snap. I snapped the whole fourth preseason game with the Jets. Um, but yeah, there was some weird feedback on social media. You know, my friends couldn't believe I got traded as a long snapper. And then I think that day or the next day, John Dornboss also got traded to the Saints. So it was a pretty weird time for long snapper transactions. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then we played the Carolina Panthers, and after that game, I talked to J.J. Jansen, and he was the last long snapper to be traded before I was. Uh, and he, you know, he made a joke about it. So that was pretty cool. Crazy. Did you end up playing all 16 uh, regular season games, Thomas? Yeah, I did. I played all 16 games. Um, I missed some of the of the Denver game, uh, and then other than that, I played all 16 games. Yeah. What was your first season in the NFL like? Uh, it was good. It was a lot of learning. It was um, just learning how to be a pro. Uh, the snapping, I mean, for for a college guy going to the pros, my advice is just treat it the same. You know, don't make it bigger than it is. Uh, obviously, though, there are some major differences. Um, it's it's pretty intense, and then the protection is the main difference uh, in the NFL, just having to block. The scheme is usually different than what you did in college, and then you're going up against usually better, bigger athletes. Um, but it was, it was good. Like That time with the Colts, and then at the start with the Jets was just a lot of learning um, and like making mistakes and then bouncing back. And then uh, just get, getting better, having fun with it. Um, and it was, really, it was just, it's just fun to you know, be in the NFL and play in front of big crowds, and um, and we had we had some really big wins that were a lot of fun, and we had some losses. So you know, hopefully, we can do some more winning with the Jets in the future. Yeah. So uh, Thomas got a few questions. Um, obviously, uh, our snapper listeners are always asking us to, to interview snappers and things like that. So got a, two questions that they typically ask us that they like to know about. Um, first one is what kind of pregame and in-game snapping routines do you have? And then in the off season yeah. or <clears throat> what are some snapping drills you just like to do that you feel like help make you a better snapper? Yeah. I mean, um, for the off season, my snapping, my overall like macro snapping routine has changed just because high school and college was very much just as many reps as possible. I snapped probably like almost every day, like four or five days a week. Um, just because my body was also, like, it felt more resilient then when I was in high school and college. Uh, and then also, you're just not as good at the skill yet, so you just want to practice as much as you can to get good. But then as I've, as I've like, progressed in, towards the end of college and then into the pros, you kind of, you snap less frequently uh, out, out of season and in season. Um, and you just really focus on quality reps uh, and just one just having one good rep at a time instead of just snapping a snap or kicking a kick, like you guys know, or kicking and punting. Um, you want to make them meaningful reps, but yeah, in a pregame, I have, I just, I have like a pretty, you know, basic routine that I've nailed down that I do before every practice and every game. So it's pretty much the same before practice or a game, uh, just snapping in like a little dynamic warm up, uh, and then I kind of get into it. Nice. Uh, what about the other specialists, you know, going from, you know, probably working with, uh, I guess Rigo, maybe with the Colts and all, and some of those guys, and then yeah. Yeah with the new kicker, new punter specifically, uh, what was that like? And, and talk about the, that, those relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, Rigo, I snapped to Jeff Locke, uh, Rigoberto, and then Vinatieri in Indy. And that was obviously really cool. I learned a lot from, you know, all of them, from from Jeff, from Adam Vinatieri. Uh, it was really cool just learning how to be a pro and how they've stayed in the league so long. Um, 
And then going to the Jets, you know, you just kind of get thrown into the fire. And, I, I mean, I, I didn't ever get, like, a live field goal rep in a practice and then just had to go into the preseason game and just kind of – we just kind of had to figure it out uh, chemistry-wise and get it going. So it was pretty – going to the Jets was pretty abrupt. Um, but Lachlan, Edwards, and Chandler Catanzaro were awesome guys. They were younger guys but also had experience in the league, so they knew what I was going through uh, as a rookie. Uh, but then also you – know, yeah, we're seasoned, so that was really cool. Uh, that, that, that those relationships were a little different. But yeah. Well, well, that's great. Um, question though, since you're in the off season, will there ever be a time that you'll get together with the other Jets specialists to train together, or are you more going to kind of meet up with with other snappers? Like what? What's what's that going to look like for you this off season? <clears throat> yeah, um, I snap a lot by myself, and then I will meet up with other snappers uh, in the area. I snap my punter from Duke. Uh, he's a free agent, and he lives in New Jersey, so I train with him during the week. Um, the Jets specialists are in other parts of the country right now, but we'll be back together in like six weeks for OTAs, so we'll work to, back then. And then in that break between uh, OTAs and training camp, we'll probably work together then as well. Nice. Uh, hey, Tom, um, in your whole career, uh, this is kind of just, – we'll see what happens with this question, but in your whole yeah. career, have you ever had a really bad snap where you snapped it like over the punter's head in a game? And if you did, you know, how did you come back from that? Yeah, I haven't had a disastrous snap in a game. I mean, I've had, you know, snaps that I wouldn't qualify as good, um, you know, just like a lot of people have. Uh, but in terms of feedback, I mean, you just try to move on and, and get to the next rep. You try to always avoid a disaster, obviously. Um, and you, if you just kind of strive for protect, perfection and you're a little off on rep, you know, the mark of a good specialist is just, you know, never really having two bad reps in a row and bounce it back for the next one. Um, so I try, you know, to look past it. A coach will say something about it. You know, some coaches are more harsh than others about a bad kick or snap or something like that. Um, but it's really just up to you to kind of move on and just have confidence and go on to the next one. Nice. Great answers. Uh, another question I had is, when we're looking at like the college level, uh, as as you're aware and we're aware, you know, coaches usually say, "Hey, let's get the ball off in two seconds from the snap to the punt." You yeah. know, what's it like at the NFL level with your experience with the Colts and the Jets? Do, do they do you guys have like a two point one, two point two time because you have bigger, faster bodies, or is it still around that two o time? It's still around a two o time. Um, at Duke, like I said, we were twelve yards, and that was that was like a one seven get off with a one step punt. Um, in the pros, it's it's a two around a two get off, and if a you know a coach wants to be greedy, it's one nine five one nine zero. So yeah, it's still it's still working to get the ball off pretty fast. That's great. What was it like for you at snapping at twelve yards? I know this is kind of bouncing into Duke for a minute, but uh, yeah, we um, so I this last season I was a special I was a, a specialist coach at a college, and uh, we had our punters at 12 yards as well. So I think for them it was a little bit of an adjustment. But what was it like for you from a snapper's perspective? Um, it was, I mean, I didn't have to use as much full body. I could kind of flick it back there more. Um, and I also protected in college, which kind of helped me in the NFL. So I kind of view it, um, it kind of, it was like a good transition to be able to snap at 12 yards and protect. It's like a, a good medium, and then jump to the NFL and snapping the full 15 and protecting. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really not all that much different. It's kind of, it's the same snap. Um, 
you know, a good snap at 12 yards is, is most likely going to be a good snap at 14 or 15 as well. And you're always, you're always kind of snapping through the punter. So as long as you, you know, snapping through the punter, not really like just snapping to him um, at 12, you should be good at, you know, any distance. But yeah. yeah. Awesome. We know you're, um, this is going to be an off subject question, but we know you're familiar with yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk, one of the leading entrepreneurs in the world. And, and uh, I think he's, he's spoken to you. Maybe talk about that and, and maybe him potentially owning the Jets one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I'll listen to podcasts and stuff. Uh, and I, I saw his content last, like, winter um, and kind of, like, followed him just because he's, uh, his message really applies to um, kind of all professions, not just entrepreneurs. I think you can apply a lot of his, his like, no BS and go-getter hustle attitude um, to, you know, athletics and any job, really. Uh, but when I got to the Jets, he's—I mean—he's known as a huge Jets, Jets fan. He wants you know—he wants to buy the Jets. Um, he reached out to me just on social media uh, to say what's up, and then I got the chance to you know meet him before a game, just very briefly, uh, which is really cool. Sweet, sweet. What if like in seven or eight years he happens to be your you know higher hierarchy boss? You know, would that be kind of cool? Yeah, I mean that would be cool. I mean the Johnsons are great owners as well, so. Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll see what happens. Who knows? Yeah. So, question on how you take care of your body, Thomas. We've heard from a few different snappers now what they do. Are you, so so this is kind of a threefold question. A. Yeah. Are you a believer in yoga? Do you do it? Are you are you are you a weight room guy? Do you stretch every day? What's what's your yeah. belief in how you take care of your body from those three aspects? Yeah. Sure. Um. I do, I do do some yoga. I do not do it regularly. Um, during like training camp and the times where I was snapping more often, I did like doing yoga. I like massages as well. Are pretty good. Uh, doing those for the team are nice to you know kind of like break down some of the scar tissue and like all the tightness. But I'm a I'm a big like weight room guy. Uh, I do like that. I like priding myself on trying to be you know a more athletic snapper and like. A more physical snapper, um, so you know you got you you have to do all the lifting in the weight room and get strong and powerful and explosive and fast. At the same time, you do have to you know balance that out because just the the nature of the position definitely requires flexibility and mobility. Uh, just that position, um, you know, for thousands of reps. So I definitely uh, believe in balancing it out, but you know, kind of going hard on both, just being very flexible but strong as well. Nice. Nice. Hey, um, so you played at Duke. Uh, first off, and you may have said this earlier, and I apologize if you did, but uh, what state are you from, and where did you play high school ball, and talk about the recruiting process to Duke. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm originally from New York, like 40 minutes upstate from the city. Uh, I went to high school in northern New Jersey at Don Bosco. Um, and in terms of the recruiting process, I didn't really I – didn't, I only snapped my senior year of high school. Uh, that's kind of a late bloomer. And – and just, like, leading up to my senior year, I went to some, like, Coles kicking camps um, and just got my name out on, like, their rankings. And then dur- during the season, uh, mostly, my you know, I give my dad a lot of credit. He helped me reach out to basically, like, every Division One school. They just sent tape and info and grades and all that um, to try and get any, you know, any bites back. And we re- got responses from some schools, not a lot. But in the end, I ended up with... Uh, with preferred walk-on offers to Duke, Boston College, and Miami. And then Duke was, like, Duke was just the best opportunity for me to play early. 
Um, and then it was a good fit for me academically. Nice. Awesome. So, so with all that that you did, um, do you feel like you found a good balance, or what do you think helped you more in terms of getting your name out there? Was it the your own personal efforts with your dad trying to reach out to the schools that fit you best, or was it kind of the private training you did, or, or the camps? Like what? Because you obviously got into snapping a little later. Um, what do you think? What do you yeah. think kind of helped you the best get your name out there? Yeah, I mean, I didn't do too. Much. I didn't really do any private training other than just like the combine, which aren't very instructional. I mean, I kind of was self-taught uh, and just snapped a lot with my dad in the backyard. Um, but, I mean, I think the thing I credit most probably, having a ranking system definitely helps because for college coaches, the recruiting process is pretty messy. So having some kind of reference of where uh, kids stand relative to others is helpful. But then I, I do think at the end of the day, uh, my dad and I reaching out to all the schools was definitely the, uh, the winning factor. It was the best thing. Nice. Uh Hey Tom, just a few more questions. Uh, uh, it's been an awesome interview, and we appreciate your time. And yeah, sure. This is one of our fun ones we ask, especially the NFL guys. Uh, just in your first season, um, what were your top three or top five NFL stadiums to play with, and including including the home school, the home side? Yeah, um, I mean, including the home side, playing at MetLife was awesome. Um, actually, I grew up a Giants fan, and we had season tickets in the old Giants stadium. Um, so like going to the Meadowlands every day for a game day and like driving and parking in the player po- parking lot and stuff, that was like a really cool, surreal experience, um, growing up going to games there. But so, I mean, MetLife is probably my favorite, but then the, the road stadiums that were cool, um, Oakland, even though Oakland is an older stadium and it's a baseball field, the, uh, the atmosphere there was just really cool. Those fans are really into it. Um, and it's kind of cool playing on baseball. I mean, it's just, it's unique. So I, I really, I did like that. Uh, the Cowboys Stadium in the preseason was really cool. I mean, that's obviously just massive. It's, you know, a big spectacle. Um, and then probably probably the Superdome. That was really cool in New Orleans. That was just very loud. Um, and being in New Orleans, for like being able to get dinner there and stuff was cool. Nice. Thomas, how about college atmosphere? You're obviously in a pretty competitive conference. Any, uh, any stadiums that were fun to play in from a collegiate standpoint? Yeah, um... My favorite collegiate stadium is definitely Virginia Tech. Um, I didn't get a chance to play Clemson or Florida State. I imagine those would be pretty awesome. But Virginia Tech was my favorite that I played at. Uh, those fans are really into it. And we, we won both times we were in Blacksburg, which has made it really cool. And other than that, probably we played in the Georgia Dome against Texas A&M when they had Johnny Manziel for the Chick-fil-A Bowl. That was a really cool atmosphere. Um, and then... Probably Notre Dame, my senior year. That was that was a really cool stadium to play at too. Great. And then this uh, this is my last question, and I don't know if Chris has one or two more left, but I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and ask my last one. Yeah. Um, and you just being a snapper and probably a position player growing up, uh, were there any players um, in the NFL this this past sixteen plus four games of preseason? Were there any players that you were kind of like almost shocked, like you know you're excited to see and just. Like, oh man, I'm, I'm playing in the NFL, but I'm also, I looked up to these guys, or I saw these guys. They can be in any position. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, um, you try, I mean, for the most part, you're not starstruck because you're so focused on yourself and your and your job. Um, but yeah, there definitely were moments where I was for a second, like, uh, you know, Tom Brady or Rob Gronkowski, uh, you know, that guy is massive. Um, so it was cool to see those guys. Um, or like be out on the field and like be blocking James Harrison or Luke Keekley is out there. 
so there definitely are moments where you're like, this is real, but for the most part, you just kind of focus on yourself and doing your job. Very cool. I can imagine. All right, Thomas, I got two uh, questions here. Uh, first one is, you know, most of us specialists have a kicker or punter that we looked up to. Was there a certain snapper that you looked up to or you kind of sought out for advice or like to follow his film and see what he did? Is, is there a guy that you looked up to? Yeah, there were some snappers I definitely looked up to um, and watched their film. Uh, Patrick Manley, because he played so long and he went to Duke. I was uh, He played for the Bears, I think, for 16 years. I was fortunate. I got to meet up with him a couple times, one time to snap with him. And he gave you know some valuable advice. Um, and then Zach Diossi with the Giants, I always looked up to how he plays the position, like very physically. Um, he's a, he got drafted as a linebacker, um, so I have a lot of respect for that. And then you know, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, all the snappers in the NFL are really good. Um, I watched Matt Overton's film, watched Morgan Cox's film. So I mean, I did. I definitely did study a good amount to see you know what made other guys good. Nice. Well, that's fantastic. All right, my last question, and it and it kind of ties into just the current situation for for high school specialists, um, yeah. the, the recruiting process. Now, when you were talking to your schools, did you did you sign on signing day, or did you wait till after signing day? And and then like, when did you get it all figured out? And uh, what were your sort of feelings going through the whole process in terms of waiting or frustrations or excitement? What was that like for yeah. you? Yeah, sure. For like, I mean, I wasn't offered a scholarship, um, so it's a lot of waiting around. And with Duke, I mean, the, the way it worked with their preferred walk-on is you, you kind of had to get into the school basically academically um, without really much of their help. So, I mean, they, they they could give you a little assurance that you were going to get in, but it was a little bit of waiting. I, I mean, I found out probably, I think I found out in February that it was like, it was going to work out with Duke, um, but I didn't sign on signing day. Uh, or anything like that, and then just when I got I got my uh, acceptance in March, just like any other student, like in the mail, so and that felt good. Um, but yeah, I mean, there definitely can be you know frustrations uh, with waiting or with not being offered a scholarship or not um, hearing anything. But you know, if you're confident and you believe in yourself, uh, definitely just keep being persistent, um, and it should work out. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thomas, thank you so much for, for joining us on the 4th Down Experience podcast. It provided a lot of valuable information and insight that I think a lot of high school, college, and even free agent specialists will take advantage of. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, thanks, Thomas, for being a part of it. And uh, we'll be in touch down the road as well. And obviously, good luck this offseason. And uh, we'll have fun following you this in your second year uh, with the Jets. All right. Thank you very much. Take care, Later, man. Yep, take care. Bye. Yo, Brian. Hey, Chris. What's up? That was a fun interview. You know, yeah. uh, our our third long snapper, and I feel like we're still learning more. And I just love the the insight that he gave, and you know what it was like for him. And you know, he he kind of had that that typical path for for a snapper in terms of how he you know got into his college. And um, it was fun fun to listen to, man. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, we can always learn more. I mean, everyone should always be in the mindset that they can learn more uh whatever age they are and and just speaking with more long snappers and and getting getting more information from from these guys it's it's really cool i thought this guy was uh thomas was very down to earth and uh, very passionate about his skill position and, and just hearing him talk about his experiences so far just at a young age and, 
in finishing his rookie season. Uh, I think it was really nice to hear what he had to say, and I think it'll help out a lot of people. Yeah. Well, great. Well, uh, everybody, just want to thank you for listening to our 15th episode here of the 4th Down Experience. We hope you liked it. Uh, like we say every week, uh, we have some great interviews lined up here, so stay tuned. Um, if you're hearing us for the first time, make sure you subscribe on iTunes to the 4th Down Experience podcast because you'll get the first notification when the next one's live. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.